BioInsights podcast. This episode is called Can AAV Continue to Deliver the Promise of Gene Therapy? I'm Charlotte Barker, an editor at BioInsights, and today I'll be discussing the future of AAV-based gene therapy manufacturing with Ellie Hananiya, VP of Process Development Viral Vector Technologies at Avid Bioservices, and Ratish Krishnan, Senior Strategy Consultant at Merck Life Sciences. Does AAV still reign supreme for advanced therapies, or do you think that other vectors are going to take the crown in the future? Ritesh, do you want to start us off? Sure, yeah, this is a great way to start our discussions. Uh, And I believe that we've reached a new era of medicine and in the realm of advanced and uh, potentially curative therapies, AAV has undoubtedly established itself as a leading contender in in vivo gene therapy due to advantages such as safety profile, efficient gene delivery, and the ability to provide long-term transgene expression. It is estimated that the viral vector market is growing at roughly 30%, and AAV is used in about a third of all the gene therapy clinical trials. They've shown remarkable clinical and commercial success over the last decade with groundbreaking treatments approved for rare genetic disorders ranging from spinal muscular atrophy, certain types of uh, inherited retinal diseases to the latest approval for hemophilia A. However, I would be remiss if I did not mention the other viral vectors demonstrating considerable promise in clinical applications. So let's start with the lentiviral vectors. They dominate the ex vivo um, gene therapy treatment market where a patient's cells are genetically modified outside the body and then reintroduced back. Uh, they constitute about 50% of the viral vectors used in clinical trials. They've gained um, significant traction because of their unique ability to transduce both dividing and non-dividing cells, along with the ability to deliver a larger payload. Uh, lentiviral vectors like AAV have found considerable commercial success in treating a range of diseases. Um, retroviral vectors, which also share some similarities with lentiviral vectors, have also demonstrated potential in gene therapy and also gene-modified cell therapies. Adenoviral vectors, uh, coming to them, have been extensively studied in clinical trials prior to the emergence of AAV. These vectors are particularly known for their robust transduction efficiency, making them suitable for applications where transient gene expression is desired. However, their immunogenicity has limited their use for long-term therapies. Then coming to herpes simplex virus, HSV vectors, they can target and transduce specific nerve cells, making them potential candidate for gene therapies targeting the central nervous system. Uh, FDA has recently approved Vijuvec, which uses HSV for the treatment of wounds in patients six months of age and older Uh, with rare and serious skin disorder. So the choice of viral vectors depends on several factors. And while AAV remains a front runner, the continued advancements in other viral vectors underscore the increasing diversity in the field of uh, viral vector-based therapies. 
researchers and developers alike are exploring the strengths of each vector and tailoring them to meet unique requirements of specific indications. So this expanding arsenal of vectors will unlock new possibilities for treating a wide range of diseases, revolutionizing medicine, and thereby providing hope for patients worldwide. Absolutely. And, and Ellie, what do you think? Do you think AAV will continue to, uh, to reign? I believe it will at least for a while. Uh, I mean, of course, I agree 100% with what Ratish mentioned. Uh, as part of a CDMO, again, for us, yes, I understand the intent of uh, researchers and what they want to use their viral vectors for. But from the manufacturing standpoint, I think AV has a really an advantage, you know, being a little bit small, it's quite robust, and it can handle harsher conditions uh, during uh, production and purification. So I think that's another main reason for it to be uh, one of the best viral vectors uh, to manufacture and use. Uh, I agree it won't be the only one uh, with now more indications coming in. I think oncolytic viruses will uh, be next, uh, slowly of course. And the main disadvantage there that these will be used in conjunction with other uh, immunotherapy approaches. And that's what has been discovered, that maybe just one approach may not be as effective as if we can target, say, cancer or any, any other disorder with multiple approaches. Hence, you know, the HSV, the oncolytic ad, and all the others might start, you know, at least becoming more and more popular with time. What's the evolution of AAV? How's that looked over the past five years or so? And how do you see that evolving in future? Ratish? Yeah, sure. So over a past five-year period, right, if that's the window we are looking at, the AAV market landscape has undergone significant changes, mostly driven by process development improvements, commercialization efforts, regulatory changes, and you know, also increased investments in this field. The rate of progress in gene therapy pipeline from preclinical to clinical is on course to match that of established modalities such as monoclonal antibodies. And we've moved from hype of therapeutic potential to concrete hope of commercialization. And, and we have now entered a phase of reality where we are starting to see continued success in commercialization of therapies using AAV. If I were to look back in three main categories of process development, commercializations, and regulatory, it is safe to conclude that AAV has become mainstream with tremendous advancements in all aspects from discovery to commercialization. So firstly, process development improvements have been a key focus resulting in higher upstream titers and higher downstream recoveries and more efficient and scalable manufacturing platforms like suspension cell culture are widely utilized now. These advancements have increased the efficiency of viral vector production with the ultimate goal of making these therapies economically viable to the broader population of rare diseases and moving away from hefty price tags. Secondly, the commercialization efforts have intensified with successful clinical trials and regulatory approvals attracting substantial interest, I would say, from uh, pharmaceutical companies and biotech firms. This surge in interest has led to increased investments in manufacturing infrastructure, expanding production capabilities to meet the growing demand for viral vectors, 
and large biotech corporations have been continuously exploring M&A deals with smaller gene therapy biotechs. Third, the regulatory changes have all played a critical role in facilitating the transition of AAV research into clinical applications. Regulatory agencies worldwide have uh, recognized the potential of AAV therapies and have worked to establish clearer guidelines for their development and approval. The Center for Biologics Evaluation and Research, CBER, the FDA, has definitely led the way in this aspect. So looking into the future, we can expect even more exciting developments in the AAV market. There will be a wider range of therapeutic applications as researchers explore treatments for prevalent diseases like neurodegenerative disorders and relatively common rare diseases. Advancements in uh, AAV manufacturing and plasmid engineering will enable personalized AAV therapies tailored to individual patient needs, thereby improving treatment, efficacy, and also safety. And the investments in the AAV space will continue to drive its growth. Venture capital funding, partnerships, and collaborations will fuel further research and development, expanding preclinical and clinical pipelines. So overall, this holds great promise for patients worldwide, offering them uh, a broad hope or a spectrum of diseases. Uh, Ellie, do you agree with that? I do. And again, I mean, I think it's very important to state that when, uh, in general, viral vector technologies uh, emerged, the basic technologies available at that time were that for monoclonal antibodies. So the manufacturing, production, purification processes may not have been ideal. And hence, I believe that at least as time passed and is going to come, there will be definitely improvements in the manufacturing, which is the production purification. So that's one aspect of it. And again, the ultimate goal is, of course, to increase the title, the yield, and the purity of our product. As Ratish mentioned, again, I mean, we're not just dealing with uh, pediatric hereditary uh, monogenic disorders. You know, now uh, researchers are really uh, very ambitious in trying to tackle more complex disorders. Hence, the demand for larger amounts of uh, AV will be needed. You know, the scale-up process and having the infrastructure for that is critical. If triple transfection is considered, of course, I mean, getting better plasmids, as Ratish mentioned, is important. There are now many more transfection reagents on the market that have better characteristics and they can form uh, better complexes resulting in higher yield. To really tackle the yield issue, I think maybe better approaches might be uh, required. For example, producer cell lines. I mean, I know this is like a holy grail that researchers have been trying to get to. There has been great strides and improvements, but I don't think we are there yet. So I believe that more research is warranted and will be done in trying to achieve those goals. And then finally, the characterization of the AV is becoming quite important. We have some assays now. They are okay, but we need better assays uh, with better specificity, to be able to really have better assessment of the type of overall yield and purity. So I think those will be some areas that I foresee will become more dominant in the AV field in production purification and characterization.
as the use of AAV continues to grow, what sort of what are the formidable challenges that you see standing in its way? I would want to take a look at this question from a more macroscopic level, right? So I feel first the manufacturing scalability uh, still remains a critical hurdle to meet the increasing demand for AAV vectors for diverse therapeutic applications. Secondly, I would also say uh, link, there are ring link concerns around immunogenicity and host immune responses, uh, which may limit the effectiveness of some AAV therapies, especially in case of repeat dosing. And lastly, the regulatory landscape and harmonization, uh, to be more specific, of guidelines across the different regions will pose a challenge for global development and commercialization of these AAV-based therapies. Uh, Of course, as we mentioned, I think the biggest hurdle will be the scale-up. And with that, there will be challenges. We, We mentioned some regarding the physical challenges and operational challenges. But then I think as we start going into the systemic delivery of these large, large doses, uh, we have to be cognizant about probably the safety profile. I think AV is still in, in its infancy, so we don't have an extensive safety profile. So far, it's been okay, tolerable, but I believe now with much higher doses delivered, we have to be a little bit uh, you know, cognizant if there will be more side effects, some of which might be serious. And we started to see some on the market that led to maybe a hold on some clinical trials. So something to be aware of, of course, uh, the immunological impact is definitely something to be aware of. And then finally, you know, when it comes to AV, we always talk about full capsids versus empty capsids, and that's great. But of course, now we are aware that this is not really black and white. There are also these partials and quite a wide range of them. So there hasn't been an extensive research about, do we really need an X percent of full versus empty? What's the impact of injecting some of the partials? So I think there is that gray area that hasn't been fully vetted when it comes to these uh, characteristics of AMV. That's a great point. Thank you, Ellie. And What would you say then are the most promising innovations in AAV production that you would see emerging over the next five years? Um, Maybe areas like manufacturing methods, triple transfection, plasma engineering, purification. I know we touched on some of those already, but Ellie, if you'd like to start us off. Yeah, again, uh, as we said, I mean, we, we have seen that those are also limitations. Hence, those are areas for improvements. Since scale-up is warranted, then better manufacturing production purification is needed. Uh, I think continuous manufacturing will become maybe a dominant factor, intensification in tissue cultures. Definitely, we have seen improvements in having more chemically defined media that result in achieving high density of cells, which, of course, be a good platform to produce more virus and led to enhanced cell growth and transfection. So I think that's from the upstream production point. From purification, similarly, I think continuous purification will be warranted with clarification, chromatography, and tangential flow filtration. So I think these will be areas that will flourish to be able to keep up with the advancement of this field. Uh, similarly, you know, the design of the plasmids, improvement in its size, removing redundant sequences or unneeded sequences, so smaller 
plasmids will be uh, plussed. The other thing, of course, you know, we, we have been mostly focused on triple transfection, which is, has been a great approach to generate AAB, and it's a good first-to-go approach. But maybe as we have now more defined therapies, maybe scientists can consider other approaches uh, that may not be as expensive, cost of goods too high, and maybe easier to handle and get more consistency. As you know, baculovirus can be used uh, to generate AV. HSV can be used to generate AV. Wildcat ad helper can be used to generate AV. So there are definitely different approaches that have been used, but not widely. So I believe maybe something to start looking into these approaches, and then also looking at the AAV particle itself that's generated by these different approaches. How does it compare, if any, different from the one that's being produced by triple transfection? You're right on point there, Ellie. Uh, I think you know AAV production is on the cusp of uh, transformation with a lot of innovative trends that are poised to shape the landscape. Uh, some of the trends that come to my mind, and I think you've mentioned this earlier as well, and just to tie things up, right, continuous bioprocessing approaches like perfusion bioreactors, right, to improve the productivity. I think I think that's going to be crucial. Improved transfection methods, like you mentioned, the producer cell lines, uh, along with some plasmid engineering, right, miniaturization of plasmids, promoter elements. All these will only further optimize AAV vector production. And lastly, purification techniques like continuous downstream processing and advanced chromatographic methods using membranes uh, is something I think will significantly improve purification efficiency and thereby ensuring high quality AAV vectors. What innovative technologies and manufacturing strategies should we consider to help streamline AAV manufacturing for these relatively common disease indications? Yeah, so I mean, I can start here. Uh, streamlining manufacturing is, is absolutely paramount to enhancing patient access and affordability of advanced therapies worldwide. We are seeing AAV-based therapies being approved for high-dose indications and also large patient populations. Uh, optimizing productivity, reducing cost per dose, maintaining high-quality standards will be important. This can be achieved by process optimization for improved efficiency and higher yields, scalable manufacturing platforms for um, flexible adaptability, uh, automation and robotics for reliable production, robust supply chain management, modular facilities for resource optimization, you know, just keeping in mind, um, you know, where Ellie works, right, CDMO partnerships for expertise and cost effectiveness pooling strategies to boost efficiency and um, process intensification for efficient low demand therapy production, right? So these collective efforts uh, will definitely drive the transformation of advanced therapies, making them more and more accessible to patients who are in need. Yeah, I think Ratish covered definitely uh, everything that needs to be mentioned. I'd like just to probably have two other points. Uh, one, is related to regulatory agencies and their now probably more stringent requirements when it comes uh, to AAV production purification. Now, I completely understand that most of that is really geared towards safety aspect, which is great, and we need that oversight. At the same time, I think some of the requirements need to be vetted by scientists to make sure that 
parties really critical and needed because they will have a great impact on the actual production, purification, cost, and timeline. So yes, we need the safety for sure, but at the same time, we don't want to have a blanket really overshadowing big umbrella of safety measures that might be too extreme. So that's number one. And I think the number two, as I keep emphasizing, is the testing and the characterization. Improvements are required in having specific, precise essays with wide ranges. And then we need to have orthogonal methods of testing so that you know we don't rely only on one. We need to probably confirm uh, results by at least two or three essays to be able confident that you know we are really generating what we say we're generating and we're delivering what we say we are delivering. So overall, all these approaches need to be robust, scalable, and to be able to consistently generate batch after batch uh, with the required purity and quality. Thank you, Ellie and Ratish, for sharing your insights with us today. This episode was brought to you in partnership with Merck Life Sciences. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to subscribe to the BioInsights podcast.